0: Well, greetings
1: one and all, and uh, we're here uh, at uh, La Compagnoli uh, restaurant just outside of uh, San Gervasio uh, in preparation for the night for San Gervasio uh, uh, Pro-Am presented by Santa D'Asso and uh, joined here as part of the On Tour with Freddie Winter series uh, on the TWBC podcast by none other than the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Freddie Winter, how are you doing?
2: Doing wonderfully, extremely well fed, very happy to be here, it's good.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So, a uh, week has gone by since the uh, the last uh, competition, the uh, the Caiaphas battle over there in Western Peloponnese in, uh, in Greece. Uh, you've had a little bit of time, more time to reflect upon it since Alassa spoke to you with, uh, with Ali Nicholson on this same podcast. Uh, what, what conclusions have you made for yourself?
2: Uh... I'd made the conclusions I think at the time I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I'm skiing some good scores I was frustrated with the final but I mean that's obvious so uh but I'm here and um there's you know a lot of good skiers but I it's a tournament that I've, I've always enjoyed The the times I've competed in it I've, I've always done decently well so let's go you know let's go I feel a bit more refreshed it was pretty intense I mean 18 days of travel nothing again compared to these uh to these guys come from America but 18 days in a row it was all quite intense with a lot of skiing um but i managed to get back to the uk had a couple of not so much days off but days in a more familiar setting um skiing with steve glanfield over in oxford which is always it's kind of my my oasis you know it's like the place where i feel most at home i did my first pass first goal pass and i said man it's good to be home and it's funny oxford increasingly is my home i think it's um you know you swiss ski school over there in america uh, and with skiing with ronnie barton um on corner lake on the east side of orlando like there's these are the three places where i just feel like this is just the uh, the spot that i'm i'm happiest skiing so that was really nice to do this week
1: all right they cranked up a little bit of music in the background but we won't let that deter us uh, this is a uh, ninth edition of the san Giovatio pro-am and this uh, tournament really has a little bit of a mystique uh, associated with it with the organization and just the just the general uh, look and feel of this competition right
2: yeah let me tell you a story I just you talk about the ninth edition it was about a month out from the first edition um in 2014 I think, yeah. and and it was my first year at university in in um or my second semester my first year at university in in louisiana and i'm sitting with mateo who very modestly said it was a small competition the first year but i mean it was it was maybe small compared to what it is now but it was still a great competition but i was sort of it, the, the competition started on the first weekend that I had to be in the US for university, and I sort of said, "No, nah, Mateo, I'm not going to be able to make it, man." He goes, "He goes, listen, Freddie, don't be so ridiculous. You got to come to this tournament. You got to support European skiing. Uh, you know, you, you, I, he said generously that I was someone that could, you know, push the needle a little bit. I was among the, the the better skiers in Europe, and I could help, you know, make it a successful tournament and therefore, you know, hopefully build a legacy. And so, uh, what did I do? I I, I booked a flight three days afterwards um I moved my flight backwards by three days and uh missed my first few days at university and, and got in trouble with my teachers but I'm bloody glad that I did because I mean if I had any uh impact on the on the future and the recent uh, success of this tournament by sort of turning out up the first year unfortunately I won which was nice uh, um, okay. my first pro win um back in 2014 um
1: I the first it, of many
2: first well first of a, of a, of a few uh, hopefully some more ahead but um yeah no i it, it's a phenomenal event i've i've ma- i was going over today on the on my long journey over here from england i got up at four o'clock this morning got a tra- oh, wow. trains plays and automobiles over over to get here but i was thinking in the past like got year by year um this the of the placements i've had here and i think um i've had to miss a few through injury unfortunately including last year and including 2017 um but uh by and large I've I've done decently well here and it's it's an event that I've always really enjoyed. I mean it, it's so cool to have a tournament in Europe that's we're on our ninth edition. Okay, and it would be the 10th edition if it wasn't for COVID. It would have certainly have happened in that mm-hmm. 2020 year. Matteo I know he really didn't want to call it off, but he also let's not forget made the brave decision to put it on in 2021 when there was a bunch of tournaments canceled. There was well let's not name names, but there was a bunch of tournaments on the schedule uh, on the calendar schedule that year that were um that were that were on the you know that were going to happen and they canceled a handful of weeks out Mateo said I don't care I don't care who turns up I want to have the tournament it's got to happen for the sponsors it's got to happen for the skiers it's got to happen for the world to be able to experience some water skiing on tv this year uh we had TWC out here that year and and um and you know and it happened it was great it was a wonderful thing to do to have that tournament in Europe um and then of course I think maybe as a result of that happening then they all came back the next year and look where we are now um 2023 and we've had five phenomenal events happening in in Europe and 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 I I credit Matteo the visionary for planting the seed that has grown the tree that is that has made European water skiing uh, as relevant as anything in in water skiing Uh, uh, you know in in, including um, in America which has been the home of the sport and look we had the best round of water skiing ever happened in Europe last year and that's because of Matteo's input at the start.
1: Indeed indeed. Now obviously uh, you've been brought up to speed a little bit of what happened uh, uh, to uh, Fidele, the, the the main patriarch of this side alongside uh, Claudio Benatti. Uh, tell us a little bit of what you knew about uh, about, about what happened last year and how uh, and how things have changed in the last 12 months uh, with uh, with Fidelia back in uh, in pocket.
2: Yeah, I mean Matteo was keeping me updated updated that you know he, he had, he had this, this illness he was in the, in the hospital it was very rare and then he kind of you know saw some specialists and managed to to, to to bring it back and went from I mean I think probably a, a p- place where he wasn't necessarily going to be necessarily doing any water skiing again but also you know might be in really really poor shape but I watched him ski today everyone was gathered around the TV and he he ran 5 at 13 I believe yeah he did it. and um, you know the, the powerhouse is back the broadest shoulders in water skiing with the exception of potentially his son um, we're, we're back on the water great to see and, you know it's just another part of the event isn't it it's so wonderful to see fam- you know, it's a families in this sport uh, together and I mean, my, my parents both skied today mum ran her equal best ever at, at 52 k's um, we're such a, so lucky to have a sport that we can compete with our with our parents and with our with our um, with our families and I'm sure that was very special for Matteo today especially after what happened last year
1: tell us a little bit about Fidele luceri on the water because he he selected c3 plus yeah well that that's nuts isn't it right uh,
2: it, i mean yeah yeah it, it it's 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 a lot i'm not sure i've ever tried c3 plus maybe on our trick skiing but yeah he's <laughs> he's a he's a bull he's a strong man and uh, obviously it worked for him i mean that's a big score especially for someone that was sort of bedridden a year ago
1: yeah, indeed, it's uh, a little bit, a little bit counterintuitive to, to make that setting. But whatever works for him, I'm sure that uh, once he gets back on the water a little bit more often, often and trains for more tolerance, maybe, just maybe, he might uh, uh, consider a change of setting. But enough of that. Uh, you did mention your parents out here. I mean, uh, I mean, every every set of parents are uh, are. Hold a, hold a unique responsibility in the in, in the successful skier and you're no no exception so what is it like uh, to uh, to have them out here uh, watching you supporting you on one of the rare occasions when y'all meet up in the same place at a ski tournament
2: it's really great I skied with my parents at the Nationals last year in Oxford and and this is this will be the only one I ski this year with them and it, it, it's wonderful you know I, my parents were really great growing up because they never really pressured me I saw a lot of my peers were getting pressure put on them by their parents who weren't really good at skiing themselves well my mum always says that she 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 always wanted me to do well but she cared almost more about her own skiing um than than mine and that was the right way for it to be I mean I never had excess pressure I always was sort of nurtured as opposed to um you know pushed and that definitely allowed me to get the motivation for myself I was never bribed I was never you know promised a new ski if I ran three at 16 like some of the people I skied against Um, it was it was always just you know just go out there do your best and, and do it because you love it not because of any sort of reward on the horizon, which quite frankly, that's stood me pretty well considering that I'm a professional water skier now and you've got to do it because you love it because the rewards are... Um, very
1: few and far between.
2: Well, no, let's not say that. I mean, they're getting better and we're very grateful for all the tournaments and, 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 and that are happening that put money in our pockets and, and the sponsors and stuff. But I mean, you know, we're not doing this for fame and fortune. So, I mean, from day one, because of my, my parents, my, my dad and my mum giving me the the opportunity to love this sport and and i and i do love it i have loved it ever since it's been my motivation to be more or less where i am now um competing for the biggest events in the world um you know since i was very young so uh very grateful to them and i really do enjoy the fact that i'm able to 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 ski in a tournament with them
1: all right then. You recently uh, jumped on to uh, to to a new ski, uh, same model, uh, just a, just a different ski because you uh, no- noticed that the original one that you skied on in the European portion of this this uh, this tour uh, kind of got under a little bit of strain and started to show a little bit of wear. As,
2: as a result of a crash, I must say. I mean, it was it, it was totally human error that caused the issue with it. Uh, a big crash. I, I had at Monaco in which Greg Desfond, one of the sponsors here and, and the organizer of the Monaco tournament, swam out across the lake to stop me from drowning when i was injured so um when i was winded winded sorry and, and he thought i was injured um but yeah no i mean let's the, the the ski took a beating and uh yeah
1: all right so you're on that ski now and uh two uh two uh competitions in well we haven't gone to the first to the second one in yet but how did you, yeah, do you feel la- i did
2: i did lacano and greece on on and, and caiaphas on on the new ski okay so um yeah good i mean i'm running big scores on it um, do I, do I feel like i still would like to dial it in a little bit more, especially, you know, changing boats, changing lakes or that sort of stuff. It's not so easy, but, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm hundred percent in tune with it just yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. And uh, I think that, you know, when I do get there, uh, I will be, uh, I'll be hopefully, you know, doing, doing better than I, than I have done, which is, you know, you've always got to aim for improvement.
1: Okay, I'm sure you set some goals for what you want to achieve during the course of a season and some people actually set goals for certain points in the season. I don't know whether you're into that at at the moment, but uh, how do you feel you've gone so far? Uh, We're about halfway through.
2: Well... I looked at it. I, I don't do that. I don't set goals. Uh, I just want. I want to win every event. That's you know. That's that's the aim. And um, so I made events in. Sounds simple, yeah. Um, yeah, I made events in. I've been on the podium every time. I've got um, a third at King of Darkness. I got a second at five events, and I got two wins. So that's that's solid. You know, that's solid. That's that's a that's probably as good of a run as I put together in terms of high placement. Um, you know, it's like I said to you in you know when we spoke a month ago. I want to turn those seconds into first, and then I did. I you know I had two wins, um, fairly narrowly lost at Lacanoe, sort of not not you know a million miles away from first, and then and then got absolutely destroyed uh, last weekend in, in Caiaphas. But you know, will uh, m- my aim is is, is to be as, as high as possible all the time, um, and I'm happy. I mean, I you know I can't complain. I I got back to to Oxford this week, and Steve, um, my coach and, and and friend, said to me, "Well, you got to be pretty happy with that." And I said, "Yeah, honestly." I'd, for two firsts and a, and a and and two seconds over those eighteen days I was away, I'd I'd have bitten your hand off, quite frankly. Um which yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. But now I gotta keep on moving and I know that now the problem is as soon as you do well, you wanna stay there. Um and I I wanna be winning more and, and being right at the top as much as possible.
1: Head to head format this time around. Uh, does that gives give you cause for concern or is it it's a different format, isn't it? Gonna be
2: unpopular here, but I don't love the head to heads. I, I i just feel that it, it what people maybe wouldn't realize is that it may, it puts so much pressure on the first day which is often you know i've traveled and I haven't practiced the first day becomes so important because you really want to be at the very top um so that you can have a higher seating for the second day if you're in the if you even if you make the finals in sort of you know fifth to seventh or eighth place you're in bad shape you you if someone if you tie with someone on the following day you will go out so you're yeah i, I don't love it um not to be negative about it but i you know being being honest and straight you know i think that straight final format we have is is um is probably what i would what i would choose but we have to mix it up we have to you know have different methods and you know we had we've had during this during this european tour of five we've had three straight finals and and this will be the second head-to-head we're bookending with head-to-heads i won the last head-to-head so i've won head-to-heads before so you know let's go do this
1: all right then, uh, thanks a lot uh, Freddie Winter. We'll uh, wrap this up so you can get some beauty sleep and uh, get ready uh, for your uh, for your first round uh, tomorrow. Uh, it's going to start at eight thirty a.m. Uh, on Saturday morning uh, with the uh, with the Junior Challenge uh, presented by uh, by Radar Skis with the Juniors and the uh, and and the boys to come afterwards. Then round one of women and men. So uh, any parting comments we, you would have?
2: No, once again, Tony, happy to see you, happy that we are going to have the benefit of TWBC coverage. I was sitting next to Jeremy at dinner, and I'll, I'll once again make reference to the incredible filming that he did when Whitney won the, 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 the sort of happy look on her face that he zoomed in on as she was moving and sinking into the water at the Swiss Pro earlier this year. It was just phenomenal. You know, We're lucky to have that level of broadcast here. One other thing I'll say, there was a chap I met earlier from Switzerland. He, he came up to me and he said, hey, Freddie, you said on the, on the movie that people don't really care well, that's not true because we saw the movie and then we wanted to see the best in Europe, uh, the best skiers come to Europe and, and we, we wanted to come see it. So they, they traveled from Switzerland to come to this tournament. So in, in some ways, you know, that movie has, has that film has um, inspired people to come and watch. And I think that's just so exciting. That's TWBC once again influencing. Um, I'm going to be accused of, of, of sucking up to you, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm obviously very happy you guys are here.
1: All right, then. Thanks a lot. And that was Freddie Winter as part of the On Tour with Freddie Winter series, as part of the TWBC podcast. We thank him once again. And But for now, it is ciao for now.
0: Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC podcast.